0: your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family after all you only retire once if you're looking to discuss all things pertaining
1: to your retirement you've come to the right place this is retirement matters with michael stewart well hello and welcome to another edition of retirement matters with michael stewart I'm Mark Kiewit alongside Michael Stewart. He is the founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. You can find him online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And his office is a one-stop shop with a CPA, enrolled agent, paralegal, all on staff. They can help you when it comes to all things financial and any retirement matters. And as it were, we're going to be talking a little bit about some retirement matters here on the podcast today. Michael, welcome back.
0: Thank you, Mark. I look forward to being here.
1: Always good to be with you on the show as well. Michael, let's just dive in to the podcast today. Let's kick it off with a little bit of the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, that's right. We always love to see on the podcast what's going on in the world around us and see whether we might apply that to our own financial life. So interesting headline here for you, Michael, today. So far this year, most of the growth in the S&P 500 is driven by only six companies. Facebook, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Netflix, and of course, Apple, who we just saw topped a trillion dollars in their valuation. Since those are all tech and web-related companies, are we setting ourselves up for another downturn like the dot-com crash?
0: Many investors don't realize that the most common stock market indexes, like the S&P 500 that you mentioned, they're what you call weighted indexes. And that means that the S&P 500, yes, it's comprised of the 500 largest U.S. companies, but they aren't represented equally where each is say one 500th, you know, where they have a share of each one of them. They're what they call market weighted. And you mentioned Apple with a trillion dollar valuation. This means that they represent the percentage of the S and P 500 based on how large they are. So to your point on the majority of the gains coming from those six companies and those companies are up double digits, some are up 20, 30, 60% here today, but those six companies by size, they're weighting represent almost 20% of the S&P 500. So when they go up, they carry about 20% of the entire index with them. Now, this is great for performance when the larger companies are roaring to new highs, as it's less important how the other 494 are doing. Where this becomes problematic is when the tide turns and these technology stocks begin to kind of fall out of favor or hit a speed bump, and investors start putting their money in other sectors like healthcare, energy, or financials. Who knows when this will happen but the one thing we do know is that although history may not repeat itself it sure does rhyme so it's a matter of when this shift occurs not if so how does an investor play out this the key is to have a plan know what you're invested in and why and when any one position gets too overweight because it's done so well like these six names capture some of those gains and redeploy that capital in other areas that may have underperformed because history's shown that year after year there's an eventual regression to the mean And what that means in English is that what's hot today won't be hot forever. And what's underperforming today will likely do better in the future as kind of a catch-up trade. So if you wind up shifting some of the winners down to some of the losers, over time it's going to blend the returns and reduce the overall risk in your portfolio. So you can still participate in that upside, but you also manage some of the downside at the same time.
1: I like that key point there, have a plan and make sure that you realize that while history doesn't repeat itself, it sure does rhyme. Of course, if you have questions as you're listening today, I gave out the website earlier in the podcast, but if you don't want to have to stop and shift back around through the audio file, it's simply crystallaketax.com. That is crystallaketax.com. You can go there for more information and we'll give out the phone number here. Actually, it's 815-526-3092. All right, that's been in the news, and now let's move on to one of my favorite parts of the show where we hear from you, the listeners. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. This week we have a question that's coming to us from Veronica in Barrington. Veronica says, I'm 60 and just inherited about $100,000. How should I invest it? Wow. Congratulations, Veronica.
0: Yeah, congratulations on the widfall, Veronica, that's a great question. The real answer is, I don't know yet. And the yet's the important part. And let me explain. So typically, this is how it works in the financial brokerage industry. You walk into a bank, you know, you got that $100,000 check in hand, or you go to a local investment guy or gal and say, I just inherited $100,000. How should I invest it? And immediately seeing commission in their eyes, they pull out brochures and charts, and they got an investment idea for you within a few minutes. Let me tell you how we work and how the meeting should be. Veronica, sorry for your loss, but this is an opportunity you can use to improve your financial circumstances by making an educated choice. I can't share an immediate investment recommendation with you. That'd be like a doctor prescribing medication without an exam. That'd be malpractice. And for me to prescribe an investment would be financial malpractice, as I couldn't possibly know what's best for you without more information. So let me ask you a few questions. Those questions might be along the lines of what debts do you have? When do you plan to retire? Do you have a mortgage? How is your current cash flow? Do you have enough to pay today's bills or is it a little tight? Do you have any emergency savings set aside, not including this money? What type of investments do you already own in your IRAs or 401ks? In your eyes, what would you like this money to do for you? Growth income? How much of the hundred thousand do you need immediate access to? So Veronica, do you see the difference in the process? I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm trying to find out what you need and what's going to improve your financial life. The other broker is just looking for the sale and to kind of ring the register. And you know what? As financial clients, you deserve more. You should be treated as adults. There should be an educational experience for you because it's real world issues. So, how should you invest 100000 It may be invest the money. It might be able to pay off the mortgage or other debts. Maybe it's a little bit of both. So, come on in and we'll talk through what makes the most sense for you. The one thing you know you won't get is a sales pitch.
1: Well, congratulations again, Veronica. That's an interesting scenario to be in. Of course, like Michael's saying, your question is a little broad, and so we'd have to dig in and see exactly what it is perhaps you need and are looking for as you start thinking about retirement. And perhaps you're thinking about an early retirement, right? At 60, just came into this windfall. Depending on your circumstances, it could be in the realm of possibility for you. And I actually wanna dive into that a little more. I mean, who wouldn't wanna kick off retirement with extra travel, less stress, right? I mean, who wouldn't wanna retire early. However, a lot of people don't realize the additional complications presented when you retire earlier. So I kind of want to go through some of those complications of an early retirement on the podcast today, get into that topic a little bit more. And I hope that you can help folks to think through whether early retirement might be good for them. Start thinking through that a little bit. So Michael, based on your experience, when someone says they want to retire early, how early do they usually mean? Is it 60 like Veronica or even earlier than that?
0: I will tell you when we sit across my conference table, the very first time we're sitting down just kind of having a get to know you kind of meeting. And I say, when would you like to retire? And you know, 90% of the time it's yesterday. You know, that's always the response that they get. And I've mentioned this in past podcasts, but most of my clients aren't looking to retire from something to retiring to something. So they know they want to spend time with their grandkids, travel more, maybe even work part-time. Retiring early, in my experience has not meant sitting on the porch with a glass of lemonade, watching cars roll by rather the desire just to not have to show up nine to five, five days a week and punch a time clock. Clients want to remain active early in retirement. They feel that if they've done a good job saving to get to this point, they now have more options in what they want to do in retirement, even if it's an early one.
1: And Michael, when those folks come in, they're sitting there again across the table from you and they're saying, I want to retire yesterday. Are those folks usually in a place to do that? I mean, is that typically realistic for them?
0: This one's a tough one. As much as I get professional pride in seeing our client's plan come to fruition, especially if it's years ahead of our schedule, where we can talk about retiring earlier than planned, I also have to have the very real and direct conversation with prospective clients that their desire to retire early may not align with either the amount of savings that they have or the lifestyle that they expect. Now, more times than not, we work through co-designing a plan that can help bridge those gaps for the ones that maybe aren't on track So instead of retiring in a year or two that they had hoped for, maybe we can in two or three or four years. And if we just make some small tweaks to what we're currently doing, and this is huge because without that plan and identifying what needs to be done today, they were in a scenario where the track they were on probably wasn't realistic for seven, eight years, if even at all. Even then it was kind of duct taped together with hope. So when I build a financial plan for clients, we call it the retirement success blueprint. We use what I phrase as worst case planning. That means we're planning to take the least amount of risk with very realistic assumptions going forward to ensure that we're confident that our income and retirement is going to be sustainable and predictable until that client takes their last breath. Chances are we're going to do much better. But if we can live with and be successful with what the worst case planning is, then that allows them to move forward confidently.
1: Now, Michael you already mentioned this actually talking about folks that might want to retire and maybe take on another job, some part-time work. Do folks typically stay out of the workforce or are they looking for that sort of second career?
0: Yeah, I've been a financial planner for almost two decades and, you know, a decade or so ago when clients retired early, they would usually not work. You know, they were just hanging the overalls up on the shelf. In the past eight to 10 years, this has changed, and it's really changed for about two different reasons. The first one, as mentioned before, many clients who retire early, whether that's 55, 60, 62, they're not looking to stop working. They're just looking to stop working full-time at what they're currently doing. And many will go to part-time work or consulting is kind of a second gig. You know, we call it kind of a second act in their career. Now, the biggest thing that's changed is really the second reason, and that's healthcare costs. You know, we've covered it a variety of times on the podcast, all politics aside. Since the introduction of the mandatory health insurance in the marketplace, you know, what commonly referred to as Obamacare, clients that retire early are forced to pay much higher health care insurance premiums until 65 when they can qualify for Medicare. A married couple today, age 60, trying to get health insurance for both may run them about $2,000 a month or $24,000 a year of just extra health care insurance expense. Did they build that extra $24,000 of income just for health insurance into their retirement income plan? Probably not. If a client needs 70,000 a year in retirement, they now need 94,000 due to the extra health insurance costs. And some clients that retire early, they go back to work part-time just to qualify for health insurance. You know, regardless of whether it's working at one of the local home depots or Lowe's or grocery stores or some chain that actually provides health insurance for part-timers or at least to supplement the costs until they do qualify for Medicare at 65 now these costs need to be built into any financial plan for someone that even hopes to retire early so
1: you just mentioned that as a particular challenge of retiring early what are some of the other specific challenges that folks face
0: you know there's almost an unlimited set but you know if i really had to nail it down there's probably four specific challenges and they all intertwine cuz they all have to do with longevity the longer you live you know the more things that can potentially go wrong so these four challenges for retiring early. First one would be what we just talked about, healthcare costs. How do you pay for health insurance at 10000 20000 plus extra per year? So you got to have a plan for that. The second challenge would be cost of living increases. So every year things get a little bit more expensive. So you know they call it inflation, but really it's just cost of living. Everything gets more expensive over time. So the cost of living doubles about every 15 to 20 years. So if you need $75,000 a year and you retire today at 60, then you're going to need close to $150,000. By the time you're around 75, do you have a plan in place that's going to ensure that you have rising income to keep up with the cost of living? The third challenge might be market risk. If you're taking too little risk, you're never going to keep up with inflation or the cost of living. If you take too much risk, a market correction or market crash can drain your portfolio and then you risk running out of money in retirement at the absolute worst time especially if you're retiring early and you've got a retirement and this has to last you 30 plus years, you need to be very cognizant of how much is the appropriate amount of market risk you can take. And the fourth thing, and some will see it as a challenge and I'll give you kind of two scenarios of it on how it can be a challenge would be boredom. Retiring early where every day Saturday sounds great compared to the daily grind. My retired clients tell me that after a couple months, boredom kind of sets in and they either kind of find a hobby or volunteer, or even go back work part-time just for social reasons. You know, just another reason to get out of the house. Another challenge with boredom is a financial one where idle hands kind of need something to do. So clients wind up picking up projects. Maybe they normally weren't going to do, or they travel a little bit more than it was originally budgeted or they go out and buy new toys that originally wasn't budgeted, and now all of a sudden you know, we've got to have a very real conversation that our financial budget and what we allocated versus the lifestyle are a little bit misaligned. You know, so it doesn't take much to get it back on track, but once again, boredom can kind of cause that where all of a sudden the checkbook comes out, and the debit card, and it can wind up causing you a little bit of financial pain and disrupt your plan a little bit.
1: And finally, Michael, I'm going to ask you this question, and it's going to come across as an incredibly simple question, but I'm sure the answer is rather complicated. How can somebody really know if early retirement will work for them?
0: I like an Alice in Wonderland quote that I reference is, you know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So retirement's kind of like that too. The best way to determine if you can retire early or even on the schedule that you'd like to is to put a plan together. You don't know how to coordinate all these financial things in your life, your investments, when to take social security, how to minimize your taxes, what your estate plan looks like. You're never going to know if you're on the right track and don't find out too late that it wasn't an option. More importantly, don't find out too late that had you sat down and put a plan together, you could have retired early, but you can't now. Most of the new clients that come in our office are close, They need a plan and they have a few tweaks to coordinate all the things going on in their life. Most don't need a complete overhaul. They need a roadmap that shows them what to do and when to do it. And this roadmap is what we call the retirement success blueprint. It's what lets them go forward with confidence, knowing that if I do this, then I'm going to be okay.
1: So if somebody's listening to this, they're thinking about retiring early, or they have other questions that they've thought about as they've been listening to the podcast today, what does it look like to call in and maybe schedule a visit to come in and visit with your team?
0: Yeah, typically what we'll do for either listeners of the podcast or individuals that have attended our workshops or if they, have you know, part of our tax practice, we'll set aside up to an hour, no charge form, there's no sales pitch, we just say keep your checkbook at home, and we call it a discovery meeting, you know, you don't have to bring in statements or anything else, we send you a little questionnaire that'll, you know, cover some high-level topics, just more to kind of, you know, get you thinking about the important things for retirement planning. And we just sit down, you sit down at the conference table with myself, and I answer the questions that you have. I kind of tell you how we operate, you know, about putting a plan together for you and some of the different services that we have. So it's less of a sales pitch, more of a get-to-know-you meeting, just to make sure that not only are we a good fit for you, but you're a good fit for us as well. So it's really about just having a conversation and determining if there's a basis to move forward. And worst case, what I tell clients is, you know, when you wind up coming in, the worst case, if we're not a good fit, at least you get all your questions answered anyhow.
1: And, of course, if you do have questions, you would like to schedule that visit to come in and visit with Michael and his team at Crystal Lake Tax. You can reach out by calling 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Again, that's your number to reach out to Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Come in for a visit and get a comprehensive, holistic retirement plan in place that looks at several different areas of your financial life. Again, 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. And Michael, as always, thank you for joining us on the podcast.
0: It's been a pleasure. Have a great day, Mark.
1: You do the same. And we'll see you back here next time on another edition of Retirement Matters. situation and needs please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by sound income strategies llc and consider its contents before making any decisions where quoted past performance is not indicative of future performance sound income strategies llc does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance regulatory legal or any other perspective we shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof